Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. Hey, Becky. We got a guest today. Is it the season three finale and I missed it? It is not. It's a mid-season, day-before-Christmas uh, episode of Insurance Happy Hour. And we have Justin Costa, SVP of Carrier Operations of ITC with us. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first of all, Justin, uh, give us a little bit of background of, of where you came from uh, in this uh, industry, just so people kind of get an idea of who you are. Well, uh, the origins of my arriving in the industry is like everyone else's, by mistake. You meet that person, they're getting going in the industry, they're opening up agencies, and they said, hey, you know, I'm looking for a guy just like you, meaning just like any doorknob on the street. So it just I was ready to go as a young kid, and I was like, sure, why not? Let's do this. So I've got into uh, insurance agencies and becoming an agent in the early 90s, 90, 91, and right on forth from there. So almost 30 years. Wow, 30 years being an insurance agent, and you're not doing it anymore. Why? Uh, I sold my agencies into another group and merged them in with them back in uh, 2006 and worked with them for about four years before uh, I'd moved on. And my contract was non-renewed, and they wanted to move me to another position in the company, and I wasn't interested in that, and I moved on and and uh, started in on uh, consulting and then eventually ended up here at ITC in 2011. So uh, how, how big was your agency before you, uh, you sold out? <clears throat> well, it was uh, at, at, at its height when uh, my partner and I were working in the agencies uh, down in Austin. It was around uh, 13 agencies and it did around a 10, 11 million in premium at that time. So it, it rolled pretty good. It, we had good volume coming in, mostly of non-standard auto where its origins were. And then we started getting into a little bit of homeowners. And then of course, in the standard side. Very good. You, you, you sound a little hungover. Are you still hungover from the uh, company party last week? <laughs> kind of sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to not, I will say. Uh, not, not be hungover at all? I was not hungover at all. Oh, my gosh. And I had, I don't know what, five old fashions. I think I had a lot. Yeah, they, they, there was a lot of hungoverness uh, after that. I was I was actually clear as well. I was I was actually slow drinking the entire time. Just people didn't notice it. This is what happens when you get old. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you slow drink. Yeah, but my, my I drove that Uber home really well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh no but but back to the to to the company party it's like uh there's no drinking on this episode because i think everybody is done drinking oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. for the year there's there's not going to be any whiskey in my uh, eggnog this afternoon so i might have a red hot honey mm-hmm. or two or, th- or three I'll probably stop it too. Yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I drank water the rest of the weekend. Yeah. I did. Uh, last week I was I went to three different company Christmas parties and I for for the for ITC and boy am I out of gas. Like I, I'm I'm just wrecked. My voice is wrecked. I feel great crap. I you know I didn't drink that much at each one, but here we are. But uh, well, it's good to have you, Justin. Uh, Becky, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. How are you? I'm decent. Uh, do you got any uh, topics for us today that I'm salivating on actually talking about that I know about <laughs> that I really want to know? And I want to say I want to I want to put forth my opinion. Why Why don't you introduce it since this is this is one that you've been thinking about? Well, you you for sent a few me, days. You sent me a tweet. I did. I sent you a lot of things. But yes, yeah. you you sent me a tweet and. The, the tweet was Ryan Hanley. Mm-hmm. Well, he, it was by Ryan Hanley. By, Hanley. by, by Ryan Hanley. However, I, it's not really the, the issue that I have with that tweet. That tweet was a simply, simply 
do you need does an agency need an agency management system basically yes that's that's the basic gist of it and on the level I, I have no problem with that question you know that's definitely a question you can ask however it was a lot of the replies mm-hmm. that got me a little bit going mm-hmm. and so I want to start this with first of all this is all opinion what we do here is uh, we, we prattle on have a couple drinks uh, hopefully make something entertaining but also, I think that there's a little bit of a component of the show that we try to educate. And I think that there's some miseducation in that, in that thread. Mm. So I wanted to bring Justin in today, and that's why I went down and grabbed him and said, you are going to be on today's episode, because I want to get your opinion on this. So first of all, I'm going to ask you, Justin, does an agency need an agency management system? Do you want just the flat, straight-out answer? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, why? What, what, what was the, the key reason that made you decide to have an agency management system? Well, it's, it's not just a one key reason. There's multiple reasons why you, uh, an agency has to have some form of a management system. Um, the, the choice that you make of a management system is irrelevant. That all goes based on your workflow and what's best for you and suited for your activities. So none of that is even in the equation here. What really it comes down to is you have to maintain the history of you and your client base and you have to know and have a historical database and that means even the notes. The notes are critical. Everything can be critical to protect your E&O, to be able to recall the relationship involved with the age, with the client, even if it came up and you had to recall it and information-wise, payments, whatever it might be. There's so many critical things that go into the need for an agency management system. And most of all, if you don't have an agency management system, where does all that data reside? Yeah. And we've talked a lot about on this on this podcast about that data is important. But data is what makes an agency. And so one of those one of the comments that were come back was you don't need an agency management system. CRM and the internet should take care of it. Oh yeah. Meaning that you have a CRM <laughs> to maintain the relationship and the in the client and your client base. And your notes of the conversation. And your with notes in your... the conversation. However, all the policy information is being stored where? In the internet. On, on the carrier's website. On the right. carrier's website, which is which is useless to you. The single most important piece of an agency and the biggest value that an agency has is its client base. And if you don't have control of that client base and the data and everything that goes into it, that's the most valuable component. What do you mean you control own. over it? Meaning controlling the data, knowing you have access to that information at all times. If you have it out on a, a carrier website and – that carrier gets bought out or goes kaputs, whatever might happen to it. Now, whether you know, or or you, your relationship falls apart with them, what then? How do you access that information? Yeah. How do you get the latest details on that? They don't care about the agency itself. The carrier is doing what the carrier is going to do. It's for you to maintain it. How there much more a- difficult is it for you to take those? consumers that I with that carrier and move it to another carrier for whatever reason, right? Well, it's basically impossible right. if it's sitting in another carrier's site. I mean, how do you do I mean, How do you do a book roll? How, you, how, you, you can't. You, exactly. You cannot do a book roll if you don't have access to that data. And then you would have to take all that data 
aggregate it down, find some way for you to get that information out of each individual carrier you're working with, and then put it in an Excel spreadsheet or whatever and manage it. Well, that's what an agency management system does. After I'd sold my agencies into that uh, the group I was with, the question came up at one of the board meetings is, do we need a management system? And why don't we just leave everything in the carrier sites? And the overwhelming response, especially from the CEO, was that is an absolutely horrible idea. And this is the CEO of an insurance company Mm -hmm. talking back to the chief operating officers, myself and another person, that this is a horrible idea. And I agreed with him. It was a terrible idea because the biggest asset of an agency is its book of business. That is the single biggest asset. After that, what do you got? Computers? That's great. It's a depreciating asset. You have nothing, right? And, and you don't. And, oh, I own the building. Well, fantastic. You're in a real. You're in real estate. That's great. But it's as an agency goes. It's the book of business is the biggest asset you have, and you have to have control of that information. You have to have control of that book and where it's going, and be managing at all times. And there's so many different things that a management system can do for you to protect you as a principal operator of an agency. Well, that's, that's interesting because one of the items that I missed uh, that is utterly devoid in this entire thread is E&O. Have you ever had an E&O claim? I had one attempt one time. And where did, what did you do? I researched my information <laughs> and the history of what had occurred and when? ended up working out in the management system because the notes of history of what occurred there was in place. I can tell you as – being involved with a lot of the legal matters here at ITC, I can actually tell you that um, we get subpoenas all the time for information out of old agency management systems. These are people, and we've had people that have left. They just say, I don't need an agency management system. And then all of a sudden, they have a claim, a carrier has come back to them, whatever it may be. And those people are coming back going, we need our data. We're getting sued. We're getting whatever. And they go, they fall back to the agency management system. The agency management system is a lot more than downloads because the downloads will sit there and a lot of the talk is downloads on this thread. I was going to say the the majority of the response has been downloads and accounting yeah. Functionality out of the management system. But creating a, a, a full picture of how your agency looks and acts is what, what an agency management system mm-hmm. is really about. And holding that. Because, okay, what's one of the best numbers you get out of it? Retention. Mm-hmm. If you have a per carrier retention <clears throat> look, like this is my retention with this carrier. That doesn't show you all of them. You have to aggregate all of those in and your management system would be doing that. It's it's just dumbfounding. Um, you know, let's talk about the accounting. Uh, how much did you use your uh, management system for accounting? Well, I had several management <laughs> systems over time, and some were not strong at accounting at all. And so in some cases, you, it just was irrelevant. You'd actually export to QuickBooks or back in the day, uh, whatever it was, Peachtree or whatever they called it. Um, so, But QuickBooks was the main thing you exported to. But uh, – but you would, if you have a management system that does have a robust accounting system, uh, you definitely reflect on it, and including reconciling your commissions and, mm-hmm. and everything in there. I mean, there's just so many things you need to do. I mean, I've, I'm taken back when, or back when, when you, um, when I hear of agents that are still operating today without a management system, because I think it actually devalues well, the agency. I can tell you that that is absolutely true. I know a couple of people who 
intently look for to buy agencies that still use paper records that are not running on a management system because they can get it, they, cheaper. They can get it much cheaper. You devalue it. Yep. And so, you know, in, it's just it's amazing that they're sitting there going okay that there are M&A buyers that are out there they're going I will buy a management I'll buy an agency that doesn't have a management system because I can get it cheaper right it's, that says a lot about it yeah it's and and trust I've look I've opened from scratch I've bought agencies I've sold agencies it's it, it, the whole 9 yards it's the the thing is is that when you go into one and you're looking at them and the trust of what you're looking at when you've got 10 file cabinets ahead of you you're looking at it going yeah here's all my agency profile right here in all these cabinets and there's no management system your trust in the whole thing goes kind of down the toilet it's just like okay i have to go through this whole thing to see what's enforced i remember back in west palm beach a gentleman friend of mine it just bought an agency and he was all excited about it and i went down there to take a look at the thing and i was going through some of the filing cabinets i was like do you realize how many of these policies don't even exist here? These aren't even enforced. And this was back in the mid-90s, and I saw one policy that was still in the filing cabinet. Ready? Hold on to you. From 1972. <laughs> and it was still there. <laughs> and it's like this was a one-year policy in 1972, and you looked at the file cabinet and said, look how full it all is. Yeah. Well, it was full of dead records. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's one response on this that accounting, certificates, document management, insurance, marketing – and then the response to that is, this is why we need an agency management system. The problem is none of them are spectacular. Not and, at all of the things. Exactly. And that, I think that really goes back to something that we've always stated is that you need to have a management system and really all of your systems need to be open so that they can communicate with all the different systems out there. Right. You might like AMS 360 as a management system, but you might need Agency Buzz as a marketing system. And you might need uh, Turborator as your Raider. And they all have to work together. And when you have these walled gardens, I think these walled gardens of what have, have traditionally locked people in because there's 30 different agency management systems out there today, 32 tomorrow because, you know, they'll, someone new will be coming in. 35 and, by the end of the week. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, none of them are, are exactly what you, you, you want. But I think that the, the problem is, is that it's always the stalwarts. You're always looking at the vertifors and applies. And there's a lot of different management systems that might be better met for meeting your needs somewhere else. Well, I think there's also a huge problem to this guy's point about how they need a management system for these things, but none of them do all of the things well. Well, a lot of management system vendors are trying to make their management system do all of the things and they're not doing it perfectly. And now they're leaving their their agents, their users with systems that are not really fully meeting their needs because they're trying to make it a Swiss Army knife of management systems. Or, or conversely, it's, it's the other thing is, is that there's a lot of agencies out there that don't need everything these right. management systems are trying to provide and saying, look – we're built even more into this, and so therefore the value is even higher and the costs are even higher. And this, this agency is out there like, quite frankly, I don't need all that, all those bells and whistles. And it just – it gets a little bit over the top and robust. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can agree that it, there's another gentleman here that's, you know, downloads. That is all. But that kind of hits our first point is that it allows you to maintain that relationship. And, and that's actually where I kind of want to, you know, move this conversation forward. Um, but after this point is, you know, then Ryan asked, do you really need downloads? Well, yeah. 
Yeah, that, exactly. That I ended relationships with insurance companies because they weren't doing downloads. Correct. What and and it really gets back to the first point is that it's because you own the relationship, you own the policy. Right. In that case. And because that company was not doing downloads, my cost of acquisition for a policy through them was much higher than the others. Yeah. You were. I I believe I heard you tell the story before. You actually had payroll associated with that single right. carrier because right. of that process right i came down to one carrier was left it's it was this started back in the two uh, right around 2000 where we were rolling forward and um i realized this one company really had real-time rating down even endorsements online and i said okay this is the future this is 99 2000 and i'm like this is perfect this is where we're going this is what i'm going to do with all my companies and then the downloads began and I came down to this one that was a good-sized company, but I told them, I, I'm processing a policy for you. I still have to staple checks to it and mail it to you, and then you turn around and mail me back if there's a lien on the car and there's, there's uh, a, a physical damage on it. I have to get that, mail that to the lien holder, then move, mail everything back out to the insurer. This is massive cost, plus I have to have a payroll taking care of all that. This is insane. You're either going to start doing downloads and start sweeping my account like the rest of the companies or we're done. And they said, we're not going to be there for years. I said, well, then we're done. And that it didn't – I didn't eliminate that person. What I did is reallocate that person elsewhere to do more uh, productive things. Right. That costs a lot less and it saved the company a lot of money. And so, no, downloads are needed. Uh, of course, in today's world, the only one who's – screams hooray when they hear the word download is Ivan's, you know, (laughs) because they benefit the most from it. But they've got a product that's viable, but there are other products out there that other companies use. Uh, But but it's it's, uh, downloads uh, are much more efficient. Uh, It's, for all intents and purposes, real time, if you want to call it that, uh, in some cases. But it's... um, it's it's a it was a critical thing of how I started operating my agencies back in the uh, early mid nineties. Yeah, and or, that, excuse me, two thousands. And that, and that hits a, another point that really is the the gist of this episode, in my opinion, is that it seems like a lot of agencies are starting to take this view of that they don't own the client. And it's almost like we have agencies that are these independent agencies are looking to become captive. And we've looked at every single market. You see it with Nationwide and Allstate. You have all these agencies that were captive that are going independent because the model doesn't work. And yet we have agencies that are like, well, I want the carrier to handle all of my marketing. I want the carrier to handle all of my – maintain all of my data about all of my policies in all these different places. And if you have to do that with 10 or 15 different carriers, you're really going to focus on one or two. Right. And then you might as well just be yourself as a captive independent agent. Change over your commission statement from a 1099 to a W-2. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, uh, we, we, you and I were uh, – we, we saw a gentleman speak who, who spoke specifically to this that, um, you know, the carriers aren't doing enough for them. And they want the agency to start doing more and more service work. Right. And it could be as simple as taking a picture of a property or something like that. But – once you once you see that what you're doing is you're seeding your client list you're you're seeding it to <clears throat> the uh, the carriers you're giving it to them you're giving them the clients you're saying you handle that client and do you feel that that's what an independent agent is no no they, they they're basically just saying we're your sales force just pay us to write it and you keep it and for 
this all started back years ago uh, where the crunch on commission started. The first thing uh, companies look to do whenever things get tight or they're trying to look for more money is where do we make cuts? And they go after marketing and they go after sales, pay commissions to sales, the first places that they usually go to. And they, they, the big hit started happening back in – I remember in 90 uh, – was it 98? 98 I think it was where one of the big companies, one of the big writers, uh, made a big cut in commission and told everybody what they're going to pay them. And I remember all the commission, all the people in downtown Dallas in the ballroom laughing like, oh, you got to be kidding me. No one's going to produce them now. Well, they survived it because agents got lazy and they got a little sheepish and cowardice about it where they just wouldn't stand up to them. Have you um, ever stood up to someone? Uh, a carrier? Yeah. Yeah, and it well, was. Well, he just told the story about how he told the company they're, well, they're downloading or we're ending our relationship. But even that carrier I'm talking about, I did for a long time until I got into my other relationship, and I finally said, "Okay, I'm either going to get this, that, thus, and so," and worked out terms with them, or I was going to produce them because it was a serious cut in my commissions of what they wanted me to do. The reason why I was into it is because they had such a deep relationship with the group I'd sold into. Um, so it it worked out in the end. And that company did deliver what they promised me they would deliver, so that was good. And that's and that's where I think that agents are missing the point is that these are partnerships. Is that your carriers are partners in this? It, you should be asking them for marketing <clears throat> dollars. You should be asking them for help and signage. I mean, mm-hmm. long gone are the days of where you know it was a big thing where they would they would put up your sign out front. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it's the, the the carriers, and if you. you and where it all comes from is you have to have a global view of your entire organization and be able to go, this carrier is performing better than that carrier. And then be able to focus on those carriers and work with those carriers. And you can't do that whenever you're relying upon their technology. And it's okay to fight for what you want or what you need in the relationship. I just don't feel like agents are fighting anymore for what they need to operate. You can't operate on 10% commission. You cannot you better figure out fees or something in the long haul because 10 points is not going to get it done, not in today's world. Because last time I checked, rents and payroll and all that is not going down. Yeah. So it's, it's an expensive thing. And that's where it comes back to. The crunchy commissions really got the agents now saying, okay, I want to do less than, less work for you if you're going to pay me less and I want you to do more of it. So there's a slippery slope there that we just talked about. Now you're ceding all your book of business to them. This is the problem. The market's all screwed up with this. And it's part of it's the agents just didn't fight back and stick with the companies that um, were offering them better position on things or offering them some kind of collateral for, uh, for you know, your production. It, it's it's a bad situation that's grown worse and worse through the last twenty years. It, it really has, and you know, you you ask talk about okay, if I have to have someone there that is actually maintaining all the policies and all that. Well, if you got them all spread on all that are on these sites, the agency management system is going to save you a person that can sit, that doesn't have to be going to all those sites and checking all the statuses and seeing when they cancel. <clears throat> I mean, because if you got it, if you only have their website. Then you need to check their website for all the cancels, or you have to manually do the work whenever it comes down from down. Da- it doesn't come down from downloads. You have to manually do the work to cancel the policy, contact the customer. It, it, it's amazing, and it's just it's worrying to me because so many agents are becoming super lazy, and they're not. It, it, it's like I said, they, they want to become a captive independent. 
And you saw this really strong in areas like Mercury, where they were, you know, they were independent agents, but they put 90% of their business and it was super easy. Well, then all of a sudden, Mercury's like going, wait a minute, these guys are living off the residuals. And they're not doing anything for us, and we're servicing all that business, and they cut those commissions. I mean, remember that the right. the feedback that came when Mercury started cutting commissions. If you're not producing for them, people were freaking out. Yeah, people I'm watching to see agent. what happens with Erie. Erie's a similar thing like that. Heck of a company, real good company, real competitive. I, my, from what I understand, great commercial uh, uh, products. Um, I don't know a lot about them. I know a little bit about them, but they, they from the gist I'm getting out there from uh, talking with the independent agents that it's a terrific company. But it's that's kind of the same avenue, too, that the agents feel pretty, pretty well uh, akin to it and committed to it. Um, so I don't know how their structure is either um, from a compensation standpoint, but it's I'm watching to see if they become like a next Mercury, too, over time when those books get real big. Cold. I got a question for you. Would you start an agency today, Justin? I don't know. I don't. I really don't know if I would. I, I just not with the way uh, compensations are now. Uh, I'd have to fight for contingency bonuses, and of course, you have to put up to get. So, um, and you've got to perform. And that contingency bonus I did get out of that company before I left there. They did hit it. Because they did perform. So everybody put their money where their mouth was, including the company. So I think it all worked out very well for everyone in the end. But I don't know if that all that exists today. Of course, now we're talking that's 11 years ago that I came to that agreement with them before I left. Now, but, you know, that was 11 years ago. So the market's definitely changed, but technology has changed. Oh, yes. I mean, would – were you like – you know, when you look at technology now, do do you wish you had it then? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. When I arrived here at ITC, I about freaked when I found out there was a thing called Agency Bus. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Where did this thing come from? It was new. It was virgining, but uh, it was just, you know. It, it, yeah, yeah, automated marketing is actually a, a killer thing. It, it, it can transform your agency. It, and again, it's not about replacing somebody. It's about reallocating those resources to other places more productive. And I'm looking at this going, oh, my gosh. And Agency buzz never gets sick. No. <laughs> never forgets to send something out. And so it's – Never gets distracted by the phone. Right. It's just, uh, you know, even on Christmas, it'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> Doing its thing. Yep. Actually, it's really cool around this time of year. I started getting a lot of uh, uh, emails from <clears throat> customers, and I scroll down the bottom. I'm like, Ooh, it came from Agency Buzz. <laughs> you're like, oh, it, it, it's doing its job. Now – uh, you know, I think the genesis of this of this thread on Twitter is something that I've talked, you and I have talked about all the time. I think we talk about it on the show and off the show as actually a big problem in the industry is that agency management systems are not agency managements. They're policy, policy management. They're policy management yeah. systems. And actually, if you look at Hawksoft, they do not call their management system a agency management system. They call it a policy management system. And – I, I agree. At least they're in the face of, of honesty because you start looking at a lot of the other ones that say they are a whole agency management system. And I think that's what's missing is that most management systems out there are policy management systems. They do not handle the CRM version of it, the client relationship part. Right. Uh, so, so you're saying that if it, if it comes with the client, the CRM portion mm-hmm. of it. 
you're saying that is what's make it a holistic approach where it be, does become an agency management system? Correct. Because, okay. because um, you're managing the relationship and the, not just the policy. The front-end relationship and yeah. the back-end. Because right? one of the things that I have seen, and we, we hit this mark to the point that it's actually in our sales process, is we ask, do you put prospects in your management system? A lot of agencies do not. They only want active or lost customers in there. They want that as a record of their action because they don't want all this data muddling up. So they have a separate management system for managing the client relationship mm-hmm. because they don't want their policy management system muddied up. We hear this all the time. Right, right. And so I, I can agree. And that's where I was really <clears throat> excited about, you know, the management system starting to embrace the idea of being on a, 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 a CRM platform like Salesforce. You got Veruna. Previously, Tech Canary was also trying to do it uh, before the applied acquisition. But all of these, they were trying to sit there and say, we can separate this out. And that's where I think is what's really missing. And I think that's one of the things, the underlying theme of this this thread is that people are saying it does agency management systems are not a whole agency management system. Yeah. Well, a CRM, is, a CRM, CRM is not... A policy management Correct. System. You can't do the other part of it. Right. And you can't trust that your carrier is going to be your, your point of record. What if, just like what happened, you know, you had a big book with Safeco and you had a big book with QBE and then all of a sudden Safeco, Safeco buys your book from QBE and then you're like, well, it's just, I, I don't want to have, you know, it's almost like you don't that, want to be that's, invested. That's a lot into one carrier. Correct. Do you really want to leave all of those customers with that carrier? And then you have to pull all that data out. You can't do a book roll. You can't sit there and have this 10,000, 30,000, 50,000 view, view, however you want to slice and dice that data. And management systems are a critical piece of an agency. Even today, even when they're not spectacular, which I love this word. The guy used the word spectacular. He, he effectively said, you know, this is why you need one. The problem is none of them are spectacular. And I can kind of agree with that. Yeah, I, it, I would too. How scary is that? Well, a company buys out another company and you've got a book with them and someone else is sent, handing out new rates – that are going to predicate whether that customer is staying with you or leaving, you better scramble in a hurry to get your advice out as because that's your marketing that you paid for to bring that client in. That client is XYZ agency's client, not ABC insurance company. It's, 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 that's the part that's missing here is they're forgetting who owns the client. It's really funny. He was he was sitting there processing. We were talking about something else, and he was as an agent. Thinking he was it. processing like how crappy that is, yeah. and he's like, "I've got to say this. This has to be said." No, but you're you're absolutely right because remember they're going to remarket a new rate that you didn't have control over, and they're going to be putting it into that that customer's hands, and that could put, create an inflection point that causes you to lose the customer. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with the company if, as long as, gosh, I hope you represent that company. If they buy, if a company you represent buys another company you represents, then everything's good as long as you're aware of what's being offered. You know that it's going to be competitive. It's going to work out. Uh, but if it's a totally different company you don't represent, you better get proactive in a hurry or your client's gone. Yeah. Nah, it, and I just I circle back to we can't have the independent agent market become captive. 
Because yes, you can represent multiple carriers and that's your, your little realm and all of that. But in the end, if you are relying 100% on the carriers to do everything for you, then you might as well call them up and say, listen, Mr. Carrier, give me 25 points first year. Don't give me a commission the second year. And I will just sell, sell, sell. And you might as well change me over from a 1099 W2 because I am your agent. Yeah. And it's, it's scary because there's so many out there that are becoming that way that it could be the detriment of this industry. Right. That That's, I think is where our biggest risk as an industry is not, you know, insure techs and everyone wanting to, to blame them for uh, the changes that are happening. It's, it's people who aren't willing to, to work hard and view the problems that are facing them and view where they can work to improve it. Because agents, collectively, agents have more power than any single carrier, any tech vendor. They have more marketing dollars. Yes. They have more. They have a bigger, broader sales force, and they have more of a voice. How many times have you seen companies in the recent years try to do their own online direct and even go away from independent agents? Insurance. This. How week, did that work out? Insurance. This week, um, actually, it was last week, insurance. Uh, they are getting rid of insurance, and they're getting rid of all states. Getting rid of insurance. Answer Financial. Uh, what's the other? They have another one. They're rolling it all under the Allstate brand because it just didn't work. No, it just and there's so many of them that I can name. Well, I'm not going to name them, but there's several companies that have gone direct to consumer for a while. Realized, okay, this isn't quite working the way we expected it to. They haven't run away from it. There's nothing wrong with what they're doing. They're just coming back and saying, okay, we we still want a taste of the honey that is the independent agents. And independent agents just have to be proactive. They have to ask. They have to fight for what they believe their value is. They can't stop believing in their value. They're being told something, and they're following it like sheep. And they're just believing that, well, okay, we're not getting paid as much anymore because we're not doing as much work. We're not doing as much this, that, thus, and so. No, you still have all the same costs of what you had before. There's very little costs that have gone away from operating an agency. So they have to fight for what they believe in, including if you're really that good and you're going to bring it to the table uh, and you're talking to insurance companies, ask them for a contingency bonus. But if you don't get it, tough luck. You didn't perform. You got to perform to get your bonuses. And it's, But there's nothing wrong with asking for one or trying to fight for one if you think you'll be a high, solid producer. And that includes loss ratio. You got to take into consideration even though it's not really 100% in your hands. Uh, what happens to loss ratio because sometimes insurance companies don't have very good claims people and they just pay out more than they should. Uh, that's I've seen that before in companies and I've seen some companies with great claims people. It all just depends. And that, dear listeners, is uh, Justin's gift to you for 2020 <laughs> is you need to – if you're an agency, there's a lot of uh, things you need to be doing in the in the new decade because – as uh, this is our last episode, I believe, for 2019, mm-hmm. the next one will be um, our first episode of 2020 and the first episode of the next uh, decade, right? Yes. Yes, that, that, those things. Well, millennium, yeah. decade, I, I don't know. When, and when does the decade actually start? Is it on the O or is it on the one? one. See, yeah, that's, there yeah. was never year zero. Yeah. Because you end at 10, right? When you get yeah. to 10, you yeah. end at 10. You don't start Yeah, so, so we're so not in the new decade. So everybody that's saying we're in the new decade, they're, they're a bunch of jackasses. Okay. This is a weird year. Oh, yeah. So so next year doesn't count. It's a hidden year. Like no one. It's also a leap year. It is early. It is. Yep. 
Crap. I don't keep up with dates anymore. Christmas is on a Friday next year. Oh, thank Two God. days moving forward. Mm-hmm. So That's great. I, I, I like it whenever Christmas doesn't fall on a Wednesday. You've got 367 days to look forward to that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm not in the Christmas spirit this year. Clearly. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live, Clarence. The Clarence plays. <laughs> so... Merry Christmas to all those insurance agents out there. Keep rocking and ask for your value. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, you know, if you want to tweet at this episode, and uh, we should definitely like reply with this episode on that tweet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had an opinion. <laughs> Join the club. Here it is. Uh, make sure you tweet with the uh, hashtag insurance happy hour and uh, to review the show notes and check out other episodes, visit us on insurance You can tweet at uh, Becky at Becky L Schroeder. You can tweet me at L Ricksford. Justin does not tweet. So he does not use the uh, internet. You can't find him on LinkedIn though. You can find him on LinkedIn all the time. He's <laughs> yeah. always on LinkedIn, but also, you know what? You can use insurance happy hour hashtag on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. There you yeah. go. Make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app if you haven't already. And you should. Mm. Or Becky and I will find you. <laughs> and subscribe you for We it. will subscribe you. Click your phone. <laughs> subscribe you. That's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, Justin, we appreciate you being with us today. You bet. It's always a lot of fun. And as always, thanks for listening. Justin Costa. Justin. It's good to have you good to have you here. I do have a question for you, Justin Costa. Wow. <laughs> no feedback. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting I'm on the edge of my seat. Uh, I, I can tell. You're 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 right there for us here. I'm done. Fuck this. <laughs> mm. We're the masters of dead air. <laughs> we are. That was outstanding. Um, Why is the floor all wet, Todd? <laughs> I don't know, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> so are we sing an Alice Cooper or what? <laughs> no, no. <they're> just, <laughs> the only reason I came here. <laughs> oh. oh, God.